Hello and welcome to the Chris Ham Podcast. Bonus episode. This episode is the Ham Hot Sharp Butter Knife NFL Week 1 Picks Against the Spread. I am so freaking excited that tomorrow is the start of the NFL season. Beautiful September day here in the Northeast today. Another one expected tomorrow. A little warm. A little annoying with these fucking yellow jackets out all over the place. Can't eat a meal outside. Can't even really hold on to any kind of drinks outside or anything like that during the daylight hours. But they'll be gone soon. Don't want to complain because September 1st through October 31st is the very best weather in the Northeast. Not a lot of rain. Tons of sunshine. Cooler nights. And uh, temperature's pretty ideal. So, um... Really excited to start the NFL season. Feels different this year. Feels a lot more like 2019 than it did uh, last year in 2020, even though the powers that be in the NFL, God bless them. They made the season work in spite of COVID and no vaccine. This year, we have a a vaccine. Most people have taken the vaccine. Um, There's going to be fans in the stands. It feels a lot different. So as far as this pond goes, it's going to be a a quick one. We're not going to do it every single week a uh, ham hot sharp butter knife picks against the spread, but I will be putting them out at least on my Twitter every week. I'll be trying to do uh, videos on Instagram um, and on other social media platforms and, and Twitter as well. Um, and as announced on the last pod, all season long, I am going to increase my pick number from three games each week, which I've done the past um, two seasons of the, of the Chris Ham podcast and then all the games in the playoffs. I'm increasing into five games now. Every single week, that's aligning with a lot of you that are might be looking to my wisdom, looking toward my wisdom for some picks in contests and whatnot. Um, and in 2019, with the 16-game schedule and 12 playoff teams, I picked 62 games. In 2020, with a 16-game schedule and 14 playoff teams, I picked 64 games. And now in 2021, with the 17-game schedule, 14 playoff teams, and now five games per week. We will be picking 98 games, almost 100 games for the season. I am pumped. And on this episode, which I will not do every week, but I'm going to do a few times a year, I will give you my rationale for passing on certain games. Because, yes, you can't pick every single game. You have to you have to be very delicate. And regardless of if, you're, if you wager on games or not, if you're in contest, you have to be selective, right? And for those of you who are not longtime listeners to the podcast, I am a line and handicapping fiend, but I have not wagered a dollar in anything, and the NFL included, in over five and a half years. Gambling for me was an unhealthy thing, coupled with other aspects of my 20s and early 30s, and I've rooted it out and found a healthy way to engage in the intellectual discourse of professional handicapping without betting. And I'm really excited about it. It actually takes a lot of stress out of it week week to week for me in the NFL, although I really still have a lot of pride in my picks. Um, I hang my reputation on these. Um, but, you know, I know many of you do, out there do wager. And to those of you who do, uh, the power, power to you all. So before I get into the picks, uh, I'm going to recap how my performance is. What kind of credentials do I have to even have uh, butter knife picks every single week, and I and I say butter knife tongue in, tongue in cheek because I'm no professional no professional gambler, never have been. Um, I'm a pretty good handicapper, I think. I'm not somebody who is professional level, uh, but I do think I, I have some some insight. I'm, I'm certainly pride myself on not being a square. 
So um, I'm going to go since 2012 because that's kind of really when I when I was you know, I was 500. I had some up years. I had some down years before 2012. But for the past decade or so, all right, I have had um, you know, as far as my overall pick record. So in 2012, um, I actually won a pick them of over 100 people. I was 144 and 112. In 2013, I was 135 and 122. 2014, I was right at 500 at 128 and 128. And in 2015, I was 139 and 117. Um, and then for, for the ham hot sharp butter knife picks against the spread, in the 2019-2020 season, I was 28, 29, and 5, just under 500. And last year, not my best year, but I was still 29, 32, and 3, uh, just under 500. And uh, so since this podcast, I've been 57, 61, and 8, 48% the last two years, not good. So I need a, a, a good year this year to turn things around. Um, and overall, over the past decade, as I mentioned, uh, if, you took, if, you, if you look at the overall record from the years that I mentioned, 603, 540, and 8, uh, 53% uh, picking against the spread. So um, really excited to get going here. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of quickly talk about what makes week one so hard. And then we're going to get into the picks. Um, but first thing that without further ado, we are going to go through some basics of handicapping. Uh, so buckle up bonus episode, ham, hot, sharp, butternut picks against the spread week one. Here we go. All right, so let's talk about some handicapping basics. So I'll give you just some of my overall philosophies, if you will. Now, those of you out there who are listening, I assume you guys are in pickups. But for those of you who just might be entertained sometimes and want to see kind of how I'm covering this angle and this topic, um, in general, um, you want to stay against, stay away from public sentiment when it comes to to wagering or picking sides on games. The things that look they're looking too obvious to you, um, something's off. Because Vegas bookmakers don't have these giant, beautiful casinos with marble floor, uh, with marble floors, and uh, these expensive um, chandeliers. If the if the public was going to be able to to fool them and trip them up and pick all the favorites and teams that everybody everybody uh, associates with being good, all right. In general, wagering is about holding your nose and and making stinky bets throughout the year. Right? It's not about picking, trying to find justifications for picking the teams that are good with good quarterbacks and good players. That's not, that's not going to win you money. That's not going to win you pickups. Right? So that's my, my overall philosophy with wagering. And I think many professional, bookmake, professional bookmakers and sharps, um, the wise guys, if you will, would tell you the exact same thing. Right? So going into the season, and on the, uh, another thing too, another, uh, some fundamental concepts you'll hear often on here. You want to follow the money. You don't want to follow the ticket number because square betters, the ones that are going into these, uh, you know, FanDuel apps or uh, into sports books and, and wagering twenty dollars, twenty five dollars, fifty, a hundred dollars, they're not professional betters, right? So you're going to have a higher ticket count if, if, if there's a say there's a hundred tickets on a on a given um, NFL game, all right? Say the um, the Monday night football game this week, the Ravens and the Raiders has a hundred tickets, all right? The, the number of tickets is mostly going to be occupied by squares. But say you have about 10% of those tickets, and I'm estimating these percentages. Not, maybe it's more, maybe it's less. Those are professional bettors. 
So if every if eighty or say ninety of those tickets um, were making twenty an average of twenty dollar bets, all right. So ninety tickets an average of twenty dollar bet. You might have ten tickets that are going to be averaging like a five thousand or ten thousand dollar bet. So obviously, money percentage. Without or the money amount, if there's if there's a higher percentage of money on a team, that's signaling wise guys, all right? It's signaling professionals as opposed to just the, the general ticket count. So you're going to hear me refer to that a lot. Also, you know, home home dogs you want to gravitate towards as much as you can um, because everybody people underestimate sometimes the advantage that team has for being at home, especially now that we're out of COVID. Road favorites they might look good, they might look easy. Road, you know, even solid NFL teams are going to lose a few games on the road. The best teams are going to lose. Uh, you know, teams that, that that might lose just five games all year, they're going to lose four, four, three or four of them at, at on the road, and they're going to lose one or two of them at home. So keep that in mind when you're when you're making your picks. Um, even playoff teams on the road are going to be closer to five hundred than than much better. So um, those are just some some general concepts. But just really quickly before we get into the picks, so what makes Week One so hard this year? Um, COVID, you know, COVID last year was kind of a, an odd year and the whole, you know, vaccination process and people that are anti-vax and COVID lists. I mean, it's just, it's just a, a thorny thing we've never had to deal with and, and professional picking, picking games against, against, uh, against, uh, the spread of it. It was hard enough to begin with. Uh, and I think this year too, we have a shortened preseason. We haven't seen a lot of sample. We haven't seen ones against ones in most games. So, be careful what, what you think or even you're basing on, on uh, some series in the preseason. Um, and then the other thing that, that I think people tend to do going into week one, uh, which is why you want to want to favor a lot of dogs, people make predictions based on the, uh, the, at least the first few weeks based on last year. Last year was a different year. This is not an extension of last year. This is a brand new year. Teams made a lot of moves in free agency, new coaches, new quarterbacks. There's a lot going on. So you really have to be willing to think that the league is going to pivot. You might have some some teams that are perennially good, have good coaches, have stable GMs, uh, a lot of talent on their roster, but the season doesn't always play play out the way that you expect. And the other thing too, you want to be contrarian, even when it comes to darlings. There's always like three or four teams, and I'll get into some of this with my picks that everybody loves to like. Oh, they're going to be the next best thing, or it's kind of sexy to say, oh, this team's going to take a step back. Be contrarian when you're making picks because that's ultimately going to going to win you when you cash. And I think the other thing to keep in mind here going into week one, if you have feelings about a few teams being a sleeper or you think a team is being overvalued, you want to you want to play the teams that you think are going to be sleepers for the first few weeks before the public catches up, and you want to short the teams that you think are are um, hot to trot by everybody else and and anointed, uh, maybe maybe in a, in a false way. So. Um, so now what we're going to do is I'm going to go through each and every game on the schedule. I, I have my five picks, which I'll get to at the very end of uh, the segment. Um, but I'm going to go through the other games and tell you why I, they were, they're a pass for picking them at my top five. And if you are somebody who's in a contest or you're somebody who's just wagering for the week, you want to stay away from every game. You don't want to be a donkey and pick every single game. You're not going to win that way. You're, you're, you're shortening your, your, your odds and your you're exposing yourself more to, to professional um, handicappers. So, um, so going through the games, let's start um, in Pittsburgh, in Buffalo, right? The, the Steelers and the Bills. My lean, I'll tell you my lean on all these games, um, even if I'm not picking it, and I'll you know, kind of, kind of a, a quick bullet or two on why. Um, 
and, and then and I'll and I'll tell you why I'm I'm passing from it. So my lean here would be Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh, and and the the the, the line I'm going to use is going to be the um, uh, on pregame.com. It's the it's the current consensus line. Now the the line the, the game opened at minus six for the Bills. It's up to minus six and a half. So I I'd be taking Pittsburgh plus six and a half here. It's short of a touchdown. Yes, but Pittsburgh is a team well coached by Tomlin. Whenever historically they are dogs, um, Tomlin does very well. Tomlin will, will, will dog a game a few times a year when they're a favorite, uh, not when they're a dog, not when they've had time to prepare. Um, I think McDermott's a great coach, and the Bills are a team everybody's already anointing. And I, and I picked the Bills to win the division. But you got to slow down on the Bills a little bit until you start to see it again from Josh Allen and, and company. So I would take the, the Steelers here. The reason why I would I pass the game is because the Bills are one of the most talented teams. I think the Bills are good. So um, I don't know what to expect out of Big Ben uh, this year. He's much older. He's almost my age. He's 39 years old now. Uh, he's going to be 40 next year. So I'm going to be passing on, on picking the, the Steelers and Bills. Uh, next, let's go to Charlotte and look at the, the New York Jets. My New York Jets at the Carolina Panthers. Um, I love the Jets. I think the Jets are going to be better than people think. I think people are acting like the, Adam Gase is still the fucking coach of the Jets, and he's not. Um, Darnold's not the quarterback of the Jets. Darnold's actually the quarterback of the Panthers. And I know Darnold didn't have the best circumstances to succeed in, um, in New York, but let's not act like this guy is all of a sudden going to come in and be, is going to be uh, uh, the next coming of uh, Joe Montana. All right. Sam Darnold is still a quarterback that looks a little mentally fragile at times. So my lean here would be the Jets. I think Wilson has looked pretty sharp as a rookie. I think Salah, as a, as a rookie head coach, is going to be doing well. There's, a little, there's, there's talent on the roster, especially offensively for the Jets. And uh, it's a pretty short line. I'm seeing the Jets plus three and a half. So that's telling you that even though the public is leaning towards Carolina, there's professional money on, on the Jets here. But the reason I would pass the game is the whole revenge factor, not just for Darnold, who's going to be pissed at the Jets, who's going to be motivated, who had time to prepare, but also Matt Rule. Now, Matt Rule, the coach of the Panthers, if you don't, if you don't realize this, he was really fucked over by the Jets, by, by the Johnson brothers. When he was interviewing for the job, he was a finalist, and he was told he had to bring in Greg Williams as a defensive coordinator, and he said, fuck that. And turned down the job because he wanted to bring in his own staff. So he's going to be motivated to, to show that the Jets made a mistake by not letting him have autonomy to be uh, head coach. And obviously, he would have, you got to believe he'd be a better hire than Gase. So that's the reason why I'm passing. Um, and again, we just don't know what we're going to get out of, out of my Jets team. As much as I think they're, they're going to be good, they're uh, going to be better. They're not going to be a good team. I, I'd be surprised if they were anywhere near the playoffs. So I'm going to pass on that game overall. Uh, not enough value in taking them for that reason. Uh, Jags and Texans. So the pick here, the sharper side, according to a lot of people, is the Texans. All right, The Texans are garbage. Um, they have uh, the whole Deshaun Watson situation looming over them where he doesn't have a contract. He has all these sexual assault allegations. Um, you know, the, there's certainly not, um, you know, him, him not, but him not playing. He's, not, he's a massively talented quarterback. Um, they have a rookie head coach in the Texans that they, uh, as far as somebody who's, who's very inexperienced. He's an older gentleman. David Culley used to be on the Ravens staff. I mean, hasn't coached the game. The guy is... Uh, 66 years old. Um, I don't know if I trust him, but at the same time, I mean, who the hell are the Jaguars to be road favorites against a division rival? 
um, with, with Urban Meyer and uh, Trevor Lawrence. So I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be very good. I think it's going to take him time. I think the Jaguars are going to start off shitty and end strong. But I would just pass this game because there's just too. There's not a lot of good feelings I'm feeling on both sides. But if I had to lean anywhere, um, I would take the the Houston Texans um, getting a field goal at home uh, opening week. Um, next, let's go to Cardinals and Titans. Cardinals are one of my sleeper teams. I picked them to win the the uh, NFC West this year. Um, they're getting three points at the Titans. The Titans now do not have Arthur Smith anymore. I think uh, this is a you know my my play on the, on the on this game. If I had to pick it, would be the Cardinals because I don't think that um, Henry is uh, Derek Henry is going to have the kind of year that he's had the last couple seasons. Um, I, I'm curious to see what the Titans' offense is going to look like without Arthur Smith. Now that he's the former OC um, of the, the of the team, moved now to be the head coach of the, of the Falcons. So um, my pick there would be the Cardinals. But again, I, I just don't feel great about the game. I think doesn't feel like there's a lot of value in just taking three points. I mean, you know, one bounce goes one way. I could, you know, Titans could win the game, and they can win the game by 7, 10, something like that. Who knows? Um, the, the next game I'm going to pass on would be the Eagles and the Falcons. Um, Eagles are plus 3.5 at the Falcons. Um, again, you're going to hear me lean towards a lot of dogs this week. I'm a dog favorite usually, um, but... I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who, who I should say, I, I lean towards picking dogs often. Um, but week one, especially historically, dogs cover way more than favorites do. And you know, I would take the Eagles plus three and a half here. The reason why um, it's, it's just a lean is I think the Falcons have a lot of talent. Um, they're Matt Ryan. I'm, I'm I think it's overhyped often. Um, but Arthur Smith, as you saw what he did with Ryan Tannehill, why couldn't he do that with Matt Ryan? Um, is number one. Um, and yeah, I just, the whole Jalen Hurts thing, we just don't know enough about him right now. Um, what kind of a quarterback he is, what this Siri, this uh, Nick Sirianni coach is like. Didn't have a lot of good sound bites for the Eagles. Again, just a lot of unknowns there, not a ton of value. Um, to me, not worth, not worth taking. So um, next is the Seahawks and the Colts. Um, again, it's a short line. It's, it's uh, Seahawks. Are Colts are plus three at home. Um, in my gut here, I you know I, I love Russell Wilson. Um, I think the Seahawks are going to be one of the better teams in the league. It's a road favorite. I would lean Seahawks minus three. Um, I like the Colts also this year. I like them to win the division, but I don't know what the hell I'm going to get out of Wentz. I don't know what the hell is going on with the whole. They're an unvaccinated roster across the board. So I lean Seahawks here as the favorite. Uh, first favorite I'm taking so far, um, if or, or leaning, but again, I would I would pass the game outright. Um, next, we'll go to the Browns and the Chiefs. Uh, another favorite I'm going to take is the Chiefs minus five and a half. Um, the Browns are definitely a darling team. Um, I don't trust Baker Mayfield. I think Kevin Stefanski is a great coach. They have tons of talent offensively, defensively. The GM has really built up the roster well the last few years. Um, but Andy Reid, I mean, Andy Reid with, with time to prepare, opening games, September, off buys, like you just don't fucking mess around with that. And they're at home in Arrowhead. Arrowhead is no easy place to play. Uh, the, the Browns lost the, game, the playoff game at Kansas City last year, so they're probably thinking about that. I've been circling the game on the schedule since it came out, and luckily for them it's week one. But you don't mess around with Andy Reid with time to prepare. I don't trust Baker Mayfield going into Arrowhead. Don't forget, Mahomes um, got injured last year during that playoff game, and it was Chad Henney. And they still lost to the to uh, to the Chiefs. So, but I would pass the game overall. Uh, Browns are talented. Just don't feel that, that great about taking it. Um, next game is the Broncos and Giants. Broncos are at the Giants minus three. I would take the Broncos. 
Reason why, I'm not a big believer at all in Joe Judge. I think he's overrated. They were 6-10 and 10 last year. People are acting like he's Bill Parcells. Um, I think that he is going to have a rough year. I, think Dan, I don't trust Daniel Jones. I don't think the roster is all that good. I, I don't think they've made enough improvements on the roster when they were a very mediocre team that was in the mix for the division only because of how shitty the NFC East was last year. And I like the Broncos. I'm not a bit, the biggest question mark here for me is Vic Fangio. I don't know how good a, a head coach he is. I'm going to have to see him for a few weeks as the season starts. But I think they made a lot of good improvements on their roster defensively. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a stable quarterback. Um, I think it's going to be pretty, you know, you're not dealing with many weather elements here coming into to Giants Stadium. Uh, or, or MetLife Stadium this early in the season. Um, but, the, but, but the Giants do tend to get a good home crowd in our New York area here. Um, fans are going to be fired up, especially last year where there were no fans in the stands at all. New York was one of the states that didn't allow fans at all in the stands. So fans are going to be chomping at the bit. Uh, just too many elements. It, it would be a pass for me as far as staying away from that game. Um, finally, the other two games I passed on are the two primetime games, the Bears and Rams. Um, I would lean uh, Bears plus nine at this point. I know Andy Dalton is not good. Um, I saw a lot of question marks about the team in general, um, but I think nine is too many points. I mean, St- Matt Stafford, again, is being anointed like he's fucking Kurt Warner. Um, he's not. He's a, a guy who's never won a playoff game, and he's in his mid-30s. Um, he was on a perennial loser in the Lions with only a few good seasons. So even though I trust McVay, I think they have a talented roster. They have the number one defense last year, but they lost their D.C., um, I still, um, you know, think they're going to be a good team, but I'm not, uh, for, for nine points, I'm going to take the nine points with the Bears. Um, and then finally, uh, the other game that I would pass on is the, the Monday night football game, which is the Raiders and the Ravens. Uh, Raiders currently are plus four. I would lean towards taking the Raiders at home, Las Vegas Stadium, um, new fan, fans in that building for the first time. Um, I, your Raider fans are very intense. I think you know Gruden's going to be very motivated. This is like a make or break year for him. If, I, if Gruden has another shitty year, he's gone. Um, the Ravens, I don't trust Lamar Jackson to have another solid year. They lost Dobbins in the preseason to a season-ending injury. Um, so my feeling here is that the the, the Raiders are going to win. So those are the games that I would pass on with my leans. Um, after a break, I'm going to come back and give you my ham, hot, sharp, butter knife picks against the spread. All five give you some good bullet points. Um, and so one short break and coming back with those picks. Okay. Ham, hot, sharp, butter knife pick against the spread. Week number one, pick number one. I am taking the Cincinnati Bengals plus three at home versus the Minnesota Vikings. Listen, Bengals for me, if you listen to my last podcast, they're a sleeper pick. I picked them to win the AFC North this year. I think they're, they're going to be good. I think Zach Taylor is going to have a, a much better year as a coach. Um, I think Joe Burrow, who I was very critical of and I was dead wrong on, is going to come back from his injury and be very, very effective. The guy's incredibly talented. He has moxie and he has a lot of intangibles on top of the talent. All right? I know he's looked a little bit tentative apparently in preseason, but take preseason with a grain of salt. I know Jamar Chase apparently hasn't looked very good. I'm putting all that aside. I love the additions that they made on, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but if I'm talking about this game specifically, they're a home dog. They're getting three points. Cincinnati, when there's excitement, is a very tough place to play. Um, almost 80% of tickets on the, on the Vikings right now, but less than 66% of the, of the cash. So give me the Cincinnati Bengals plus three at home versus the Minnesota Vikings as my pick number one against the spread. 
Uh, pick number two, the Detroit Lions. This is one of the, one of those I'm going to hold my nose and, and pick this game. Plus nine, home dog, not nine fucking points. Getting nine points against the San Francisco 49ers. Again, looking at the tickets here, 90% of the tickets on the Niners. That's just too many. A lot of squares are going to be taking the Niners. They're everybody's darling. But at the end of the day, I think Jimmy G um, is a little insecure that, that Trey Lance is, is literally right behind him, ready, ready to take over the job if he doesn't do well. Um, he's very injury prone anyway. If Lance had to come in, I don't think Lance is ready to step up yet. Um, and... That's my pick. I mean, Lions, I think, are going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, they have this this Rex Ryan 2.0 as a head coach and Dan Campbell. I don't think the guy's going to be any good. He sounds like a clown on his sound bites. But it takes a while for a shitty team to realize that they're shitty. They're gonna, there's going to be some excitement. I think Jared Goff is, is actually undervalued at this point, even though I don't think he's all that good. He's not certainly not a top quarterback, but the guy is a capable quarterback in this league. So as my second pick, give me the Detroit Lions plus nine at home versus the San Francisco 49ers. All right, next, let's go to the, our nation's capital, right? The Washington football team right now as a pick them against the LA Chargers, all right? I am going with the Washington football team. Ron Rivera as a head coach versus Brandon Staley. Why the fuck am I trusting Brandon Staley? Everybody is hot on this guy as a, as a head coach. Anthony Lynn... I don't think the guy was was great as a head coach. I think he obviously has some flaws. His, his game management at times, he lost a lot of close games. Sometimes I think that were his fault. But people were acting like he was some kind of wretched coach for the Chargers. And I just don't even know if this guy, Brandon Staley, is going to be an upgrade. All right? I think he might be like, like, let's wait and see. Let's pump the brakes on Brandon Staley. The guy was in D.C. for one frigging year in L.A. He was under Vic Fangio in Denver before that. But yeah, last year the Rams were number one offense, were number one defense as far as points and yards. But it was one year. Ron Rivera is one of the most underrated head coaches in this league. Got a lot out of Cam Newton consistently for years in Carolina. We see how much of a hot mess Cam Newton can be, how inconsistent he can be, and what he's doing right now in New England. He's not even that old. Uh, he's not. He's obviously was they, they cut his ass. So again, this is me t- taking the, the Washington football team because I trust. Ron Rivera over Brandon Staley. This is not even, I don't even have to give up three points with Washington at home. They have a home field advantage for sure, uh, especially when, when the team is decent. I think they're going to be in contention for the, the NFC East this year. I think they're going to win the NFC East. So week one, this is again a short on a darling popular team by a lot of the public uh, with, the, with the Chargers. I am taking the Washington football team in a pick um at home against the Chargers. Okay, let's go to New England. So um, Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. Um, the, the, the line right now is, is Dolphins plus three. Give me the Dolphins. The, line, the game opened at Patriots minus one and a half, so it's moved to about a point and a half. But given that all the money is coming in on New England, it seems like 62% of the tickets, 69% of the cash, uh, the line hasn't moved. I know there's a lot of negative to a sentiment, and I'm not high on them either. Uh, but I think... Brian Flores is one hell of a coach. Um, I think that they're going to do well this year. Again, I think they're going to, I picked them to be uh, the second best team over New England in the AFC East. Um, and I just don't trust Mac Jones. I mean, what the fuck has Mac Jones done? Everybody's like, this. he was the fifth quarterback drafted overall. I know he's had a good preseason, but again, it was the preseason. All right, like, like, like let's see him in, in real game action. Um, 
taking over as as a, as a quarterback now. Um, he beat out Cam Newton, great. But he's all of a sudden he's going to come in and beat Tom Brady. I'm not buying it. When was the last time an Alabama quarterback was good in this league? I mean, what, Joe Namath 50 years ago? So uh, this is, again, is a play on me. I'm skeptical of the Patriots. I think Belichick is the best coach of all time. I think they have talent on their roster. But for them to be, um, to be the, for this line, I mean, it's very, very fishy here that you're basically saying these two teams are even. Uh, but the public sentiment seems to be very heavily on New England overall, just going into the season versus Miami. So I think this is fishy. I think in general, obviously because there's 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 cash and tickets on the Patriots, the wise guys are taking New England here more than they're taking Miami. But in general, I'm going to trust wise guys and the pro betters over the public. But I'm going to trust the sports book over the wise guys. If the sports books were so concerned that that Miami was going to come in and get their asses kicked, this line would be minus four and a half, minus five, and it's not. So give me Miami Dolphins plus three at the New England Patriots for my fourth pick. All right, pick number five. I was very hesitant to pick this game, but something in my gut tells me I should be taking it. I'm going to take the New Orleans Saints as home dogs plus three and a half against the Green Bay Packers. And this game, by the way, is neutral. It's in Jacksonville because of uh, Hurricane Ida and, and, the, and all the, the damage in New Orleans right now. I realize that, that the hurricane probably threw people for a loop, and it's not a good situation at all. I, you know, the, my area is still overcoming the hurricane here in the Northeast. Um, and, I, you know, New Orleans got way more devastation. But overall, I mean, you got to believe that this team in, in general, I mean, Sean Payton w- lived through Katrina. When he, when he came in as, as the coach after Katrina, rallied the team. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. Uh, he's been consistent. Um, I think, you know, how good was Drew Brees? Drew Brees was falling off. He's retired now. But I think Jameis Win- Winston um, under Sean Payton is going to be much better. He's, if he limits the mistakes, the guy's 27 years old. He's capable of being a very good quarterback in this league. He had a good preseason, which, you know, you could put some stock in. He'd be taken with a grain of salt. But Green Bay, to me, feels a bit overvalued here in this spot. All right, I know Aaron Rodgers, everybody's saying he's how great he's looking. But the Green Bay Packers haven't made a ton of additions on either side of the ball. They're kind of rolling with the same team. And, and you know, yeah, they, of course, they made the, the NFC Championship game last year, lost to the, the Bucks at home. Um, but Aaron, you know, Aaron Rodgers is getting up there in age. Uh, this is a road game. There's extreme humidity down south this time of the year. For those of you who aren't aware, uh, this game is now all of a sudden moved from the dome to outside. Which, yeah, it's a neutral field, but I, I, I got to believe that the New Orleans is used to that weather. Their players are used to that weather. The Packers are not. So I'm taking uh, this line, again, is fishy to me because it's New Orleans plus three, three and a half, and all the money seems to be on the Packers. Um, so the Packers are, are, are 92% of the tickets, 84% of the cash. So it's my fifth game. I am taking the New Orleans Saints plus three and a half at their, you know, quasi-home or their temporary home in Jacksonville uh, against the Green Bay Packers. Thanks for listening to the Chris Ham Podcast. Please make sure you are subscribed on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please rate and review me. And finally, please follow me on Twitter at Chris N. Ham. Your support and feedback are incredibly valuable. Tell your friends, family, colleagues, spread the word. Take it easy, friends.